listening you are to one of the greatest podcasts in sports. S- more and sports from the 406. It is. Thank you, Master Yoda. Sports and more live. We are DBRC and a special guest. A Mac, A Mac in the house. <laughs> Yo, man, that was that was good. Yoda was the best impression you've done yet. Well, <laughs> let's go back over over all the this SM six hundred four intros you've done. GSP, yeah. You've done Mike Tyson. That's right. Did, you did Trump, right? <laughs> I'm sure we did. It the was Trump. tremendous, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> we've done. Uh, I think there was another one mixed in there somewhere. Gordon Ramsay, yeah. Yes, it's yeah. Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> and now we've got the one and only. Master Yoda. In the Incredible in all being his, here is <laughs> in all his wisdom. Yeah, in all his wisdom. Master Jedi. Uh, Thank you for listening. Hashtag SM604. Shapeshifter. That's right. All right. Boy. Hashtag SM604. Episode, what are we on? 14, 15? That's we're just, we're, like just we're just marching right along now. We're boom, losing. Boom, boom, boom. We're actually losing the episodes now. That's the point I wanted to get to. Is to do, do enough of these where we don't even know which episode we're on. Exactly. It is special, though, because AMAX in the house. We're going to talk hockey, I think, for the, the second time ever. The first time didn't even make it to air. It was just such hot material. So this is technically my premiere. This is technically premier your premiere. Yeah, AMAX, yeah. Austin has been on the pod before, but those are this the This is the hard teams. opening. That was a soft yeah. opening. This yeah. is the hard opening. Yeah, this is, this is like the grand, the grand yeah. poop. How are you feeling, man? How are you doing? I'm feeling refreshed. Yeah? Feeling uh, you just went to, ready uh, to talk some sports. Southeast Asia for an extended period, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, globetrotter. Globetrotter? You a Harlem <laughs> globetrotter? Flying, flying around the world. How was that? It was awesome. Just it was exciting. Life. Yeah, you never know what those trips are going to be like till you get there, but it and, was fantastic. And because of your uh, because of your your global travels, you've came back with a, a new found appreciation for the Black Panther film. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. Yeah, yeah. Watching it in a different country perhaps gave me a different perspective on it. So, so just to give everyone listening here some context, your boy DB and Amac had a fire breath against Molotov cocktail opinion showdown on the movie Black Panther. Now I'm gonna spare everybody of my thoughts in this heated exchange, but you got Team Wakanda <laughs> is forever. It was. Um, it was a pretty. It was it was a it was a spirited discussion between two good friends, and um, I don't think there was there was no clear uh, you know result. You know, it, I, it was I, it was heated, but also completely trivial. Absolutely, like there was <laughs> you know no nothing of real substance. Yeah, there was there were strong opinions on both sides, and then afterwards nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> you have to give the listeners your opinion. Then. But you but you like the movie now. Black Panther has uh, it's grown on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's warmed up to me a lot more now. It's awesome, man. Yeah, Wakanda forever. Kind of forever. I exactly. Nice, I got a nice Halloween costume next year for you guys. Stay, stay tuned for that. All right. So no KTC today. We're gonna we're gonna phone a friend and we're gonna call him in for the um, for the pickums because uh, he did. I promised him we would do that. Um, before I do though, I, I'm not gonna really recap anything with with NFL because you know we've got we got AMAC in the house. We want to talk some hockey. I know my man RC wants to talk about yep. the dance, the how the salsa congress went, and also we're gonna chat some basketball. There's some interesting things happening. One heavyweight boxing match that y'all can't miss. That's yeah, one big yeah, yeah, big big one. AMAC, have you been have you been following football at all? NFL. Uh, I placed one bet for the Rams to win the NFC conference. Oh, nice. That's a pretty. And good bet. to that extent, I've I've watched highlights of Rams games. 
That's what's it. the um what's the payout on that? Because they're the favorite. Yeah. Or they're so one, they're they're one of two favorites to win the NFC. So you don't get much for it. I think on a hundred dollar bet, I think I gotta go double check, but I think on a hundred dollar bet, you pay out a total of two fifty. Really? Right? And if I'm off on that, then it's one fifty to two fifty. So they're obviously the favorites. Well, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Okay. And right now, from my understanding, it's gonna be them or the saints it's gonna that win be the conference, it's, it's right? gonna be them. <laughs> and they lost to the saints so it doesn't bode too well for yeah i mean it they i think they've got matching 10 and 1 records right now so it's gonna be them or the saints and, and then you know in the afc the chiefs are still there uh the, the patriots are the patriots are very quietly and probably very happily kind of flying under the radar right now i think they're at eight and three and and nobody's talking about them and they're they're really happy about that so the patriots are just kind of nicely swimmingly along it looks like they're fully healthy now so our boy ktc he's not in here to to kind of gloat about it but he's he's happy well, i think rumor you. has it he is a new england fan rumor has it he is yeah. a diehard don't care <laughs> about anything completely irrational <laughs> patriots fan but yeah but results haven't come in you know we'll get back <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get back on that still a theory but you know what other than that gravity I, I don't have much i want to touch on with nfl i'm gonna phone a friend and call in ktc right now and we're gonna get these pickums in because i know he wanted to uh to not miss this I don't know what the hell he's doing, but he said call him. So flat tire. We're, we're gonna we're gonna do this live on the air. Let's see if I can even get this to work. Hashtag flat tire. So can I, everyone hear this ringing right here? There you go. This is this is real time. You can't fake this stuff. Now if he doesn't if he doesn't pick up. Oh yo, Mr. KTC. What's going on, player? We got you live on the air, my man. You made it to SM604. We don't even remember what episode we're on anymore, but you're live. Say what's up to the people. We're on 15, boys. <laughs> Is it 15? Okay, there. The guy who doesn't show up corrected what episode we're we on. We made it. Uh, KTC, we got RC and and, uh, and Austin Mack in the booth here. We're going to we're gonna talk some hockey, but I told them it has to wait because the pickums got to get in first. Buddy, obviously the most important stuff first, man. Most important stuff first. All right, man. We got DB and KTC. If you're listening, of course, you know what? We don't condone legal gambling. Whatever the states you are, border or across, you don't know your limits. Play within them. Don't break your family and say no to addictions. Hashtag SM604 Rehab. Yeah, don't fall into the trap of illegal betting. But but if you need a little taste, hey Mac, what if are you these? need a little fix, hey Mac, say it. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if he knows. But if you need a little fixing for your for your betting taste. These are these are fucking locks, locks man. Son, lock it in. Bank, <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the bank. All, All right. right, Mr. DV, Mr. KTC. Hold on, before we do that, before we do that, we are through. We are through twelve weeks. Twelve weeks we're through. That's thirty-nine NFL football games that Mr. KTC and I have bet on against the Vegas spreads. <coughs> I'm still hovering above where I wanted to be. I'm at twenty. And 19 against the spreads, my man KTC. Man, you had a you had a tough week, boy. Yeah, you, you. I think you went one and four this week, and you're sitting now at 17 and 22. What do you have to say for yourself? I'm only two behind, man. Still only two behind. Three, three behind. Three behind, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later. All right, Mr. RC, what what you got for? We're we're back down to three games this week. We had a Thanksgiving special. Five games. Now we're back down to three. What do we got for the Nighter games uh, this week? Boys, let's start off with the Saints coming in a 7.5 favorite to visit 
Question mark America's team? Oh. The Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> KDC, how do you feel about Dallas being America's team? Uh, is it my turn? Your turn. Okay, so we've got uh, seven and a half points, right? Is that what it is? Seven and a half. New Orleans, a seven and a half point favorite on the road against Dallas. Now, Dallas is kind of starting to figure things out as of late. And shockingly, I think this speaks more th- more to the division than it does to um, than it does to Dallas's actual team. But Dallas is probably the team to beat in that in that division, which is just disgusting. The Saints, man, it, it honestly looks like doesn't matter whether they play at home, on the road, on fucking Mars. It doesn't look like anybody can stop them. And add to that, the defense is starting to figure itself out in the Big Easy as well. That's a recipe for everyone to be pissing their pants league-wide. I don't care where they play. I'm taking the Saints to cover this eight-point spread, and I'm doing it with confidence. Mr. KTC, what you got? You know, I honestly think Dallas is going to somehow cover the spread. But you're not going to do it because you can't ever go for Dallas, can you? I'm, I'm still in my car. I've been thinking about this the whole time. I was thinking back all the episodes that you and I have done here with RC and how many times the most common phrase that we have on SMM604 in this season is fuck the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you probably... That's that, that our most common phrase. If you probably like <laughs> go through all of the episodes and you, and, you, and you did like a sound, like a voice search for the phrase fuck the Cowboys, it probably would come up most often out of anything ever said on this show other than SM604. <laughs> probably, exactly. I honestly think the Cowboys are going to cover that spread, but you know what? Fuck the Cowboys. <laughs> the Hashtag fuck the Cowboys. Can we put that online? I'm not sure if we can put that online. Maybe we but will. You know how many likes we'll I think we could do it if you're Native American. Fuck the Cowboys. All right, we want to hear from our listeners. Do you want to see more hashtag fuck the Cowboys talk? Uh, KTC is going with New Orleans, as am I. They should dominate on the road. Let's see what happens. Looking forward to it. RC, I think we're moving on to the Sunday Nighter. What do we got next? The Oilers. The Oilers. At home. The Oilers, uh, the Oilers and Edmonton. My <laughs> favorite against the. Wait, the Oilers. Did I say the Oilers? I think it's the Oilers. Right. Different commodity, man. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just know commodities by the three letter stand. Anyway. Oil, oil and steel. That's what we're Pittsburgh, all about. Pittsburgh. Three and a half point favorite at home against the LA Chargers. That's right. Mr. KTC, you get that? The Steelers are a three and a half point favorite at Heinz Field against your boy, your boy, Philip Rivers and the LA Chargers. <laughs> the unsung hero this season? Yeah, he's not so unsung anymore. He's, he's starting to kind of come along. I think he's getting more love than he, he was getting earlier in the season. Did you see, real quick, did you see in, in the game on the weekend, He I think he started 25... Oh, was that what it was? Okay, so his first 25 that were all were all complete. 25 for 25, and he. And then he ended the game with 28 out of 29. Wow, Mr. Philip Rivers, Phil, Philip. Rivers, man, that is an NFL record, by the way. So big shout out to Philip. You know what? I've hated on Philip Rivers all the way up until this year, but like I said to you in the last cast, I think you know football fans here that's been watching the game the last 15 plus years. They really got to tip their hat off to Philip Rivers because you know what? No matter what this guy has done, he's never been recognized as one of the greats. In my opinion, he is a 
me taking the Chargers, but I'm going to take the Steelers on this one. I Whoa. Every time I watch the Steelers after a lose, these, guys, these clowns somehow bounce back. And you know what? I'm still cheering hard for the Chargers because fuck the Steelers as well. But I'm gonna take the Steelers to win this one on front time. Nice, nice. That's um, <laughs> this one. This one for me was um, this one for me was the hardest one I think of the three to to pick because both these teams are playing really well. Uh, the Steelers last game, notwithstanding, and um, and home Ben Roethlisberger is a, is a completely different human being from road Ben Roethlisberger. So I don't know, man. This this one this one's tough. I, the Chargers are kind of they're they're kind of calmly making their way through it right now. I think one X factor that we really need to watch out for, even though Philip Rivers is is passing like a fucking madman, is there's no Melvin Gordon and he's gone for a few weeks, which means he's going to be gone probably till about the end of the regular season. Now, does that make a difference? I don't know, but ah oh man, this one's tough. You know what, man? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go against you just for the sake of making this these pickums interesting, because I, I have it as kind of a coin flip. I'm gonna take the Chargers plus the three and a half points. I, I'm calling it a close game. Give me the Chargers on the road. And on it's and it, it's it's like a pickum for me, but I'm just gonna say it because we're, we'll, I'll go against you to make things interesting. Well, you know what? I'm gonna cheer with you on that game because you know what? I'm never gonna cheer for a Steelers. <laughs> All right, RC, take us, take us home, buddy. Take us home. One more to go, guys. Stay with me. We got Philly, six and a half point fame at home mm-hmm. against the Washington Football Club. This one, this one's me now, right? This one, this one was weird too because you know Washington is onto their backup quarterback who is trying to make a case for getting a contract somewhere in the league. You know this um, this coming summer. Um, and Philly really doesn't look like they have their shit together. Like, even when they win, like, this win against the Giants last week, even in a win, it just looks uncomfortable. Like, Wentz looks uncomfortable. The team looks uncomfortable. I just I just don't know. And Washington has actually been putting up points with Colt McCoy. I just don't have faith to go in an unknown commodity like backup quarterback like that. And I'm gonna assume that even though they're five and six, or, or I think yeah, I think they're five and six, that Philly, I think they still have a gear that they can figure out at the end of the season. Now I think it's gonna be too little, too late for them to make any kind of noise in the playoffs should they make it. But I still think they have another gear that they can kind of figure out and get to. And I'm gonna assume that the champs can gel rather than not gel. Plus the emergence of Josh Adams, I think they have an actual feature back now, and they're not wondering who the hell is going to get touches out of the backfield. I'm actually going to go with Philly to cover this spread. I think they barely cover it. I, I see them I see them winning by a touchdown at home. So give me Philly at home. And you know what? Fuck it. Fly, Eagles, fly. You know what? I'm so glad you just took the Eagles because I was like waiting to pick the Redskins and I thought you were just about to take the Redskins. No. For what you just said, it's like, I just see this game being a low scoring game because I think both teams are going to use their running backs a lot. And when teams use their running backs a lot, that means spreads gets covered. So give me the Redskins on this one. Sweet. I love it, man. So we're so we're against each other on, on two picks. Is that right? Two out of the three? I wish I had the ball to take down. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is your chance to get. Keep this in mind, bro. Assuming we don't split, if I actually take both of these and you go down five games, it's gonna be nearly impossible for you to recover. You're you're gonna have to pretty much run the table on me the rest of the season. Buddy, man, I just gotta relax and run the table, man. All right, Mr. KTC, appreciate you calling in, my boy. We'll see you live and in person for episode 16. Yo, but before we go, there are he made it to the show. He's right here in the studio. Hey, Mac, in the house. Alive and well, Kenton. He's doing his thing. Buddy, I wish I was there. I had to 86 in the last second because of a flat tire. I always will fill you in what that means. But I, I, I wish I saw you today because I miss you, buddy. I hope you're doing well. I miss you too, man. We'll uh, talk hockey one of these days. Nah, forget that. We'll talk about your trip or something, and then we'll talk hockey. <laughs> All right, perfect. All right. All right. Later, bud. See Later. See ya. That's our boy, Mr. KTC, signing off. I like those pickups, man. It's, it's, the, it's starting to get heated between me and him with these pickups right now because we're getting toward the end of the season, so shit's getting serious. Um, that's all I got for football. I didn't want to cover too much on it because KTC's not here. Plus, we have our, our, our honored and distinguished special guest and even brought, you know, he brought some reading material. Like, you came prepared, man. Yeah, Kinton told me I would lead the hockey segment, and I panicked and told him I wouldn't. But I brought enough material just in case I that ended up being the Ooh, case. So I, I, I'm ready to roll. I, you're not even a you're not even a, a, a guest. You're not a guest on the show today. You're a co-anchor. You're a co-star <laughs> on the show today, and we appreciate that. You joined the elite international yeah, ranks yeah. of such <laughs> boys as Normie King. Yeah, now we got a Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guest, guest number two. So Privilege. you know what? Let's let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it because there's probably some listeners out there that have been wondering, like, are these kids from the 604 going to talk about hockey? Yes, we're going to talk about hockey. We are. I think we're just past the quarter way mark, if I'm not mistaken. A Mac, I think there's yeah. 20. Like most teams have played somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25 games. Yeah, in and around that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So my my general. Um, my general rule of thumb with hockey and basketball because they both have 82 game seasons is you by by the time you hit about the 25 game mark you kind of know what your team is or is not would you agree with that yeah like before you get to yeah exactly and and also you know roughly standings get a little clearer like if your team's been sliding 20 games in that's when you got to start turning it around to actually start to be a contender, you right. know, and, and like it, obviously when more time goes by, the standings get more sorted out, but this is typically when trends start to get a little more entrenched and, you know, power play units and whatnot are more fixed and, and everything's yeah, kind of everything rolling or gets not. rolling along. Yeah. Because, and you know, obviously teams can go on runs, right? I mean, I'm going to go back to basketball for a second, but take the, RC, you probably remember this, take the Sixers last year. They finished the season, I think, on like a 16-game winning streak or something like that, which completely fucked up their projection. Like they were down in, you know, seventh place or something in the East, and they, they rolled all the way to the third seed. True so that. things can change late, but I agree. I think by this point in the season, teams kind of know what they are. They they kind of know their systems and their schemes. The minutes are kind of doled out. 
as they're going to be for for the bulk of the season. And once we get past, you know, Christmas time, you start to get into, you know, what they call the dog days of the season and you kind of these sort of random Tuesday night games in January and February and it kind of it's a bit of a slog until you get to the end of the season. So, right now things are kind of things are kind of really rolling. What well, you, well what I think I think thoughts? I think the rolling or not is critical at this point because when you're 25 games in, this is when a potential coaching change can make a difference. You know, a certain, yeah. a certain line can really start making things happen. Um, and I think the coaching is something worthwhile to look at this year. You've got Ken Hitchcock in the Oilers now. He's in charge of the Oilers. That may be a turnaround story or not. You've got Joe Quenville, who is the famous coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. He's gone now, and he's not on a team yet. Maybe he ends up on the Blues. I don't know. The Kings have a new coach. And um, I think I think what you're gonna see now, like it's it, been a little weird though, right? Like like NA, NHL clo- coaches have been dropping like flies this season. Yeah, like early yeah. on. Well, well, I think I think some of it like Chicago's caught me off guard because that was a team that only a few years ago, like nobody, like they were just a no-brainer to be in the playoffs and be a top contender. Yeah, and they've really slid since then. So I think Quenville is also a coach where if he ends up on a new team, he could be like a Babcock style turnaround story. You know, like the whole organization rallies behind a, I mean, a coach I, like that. I think he's a brilliant coach, and 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 because of the pedigree and the three cups, I think no matter where he goes, and believe me, he's gonna choose where he's gonna go. He's gonna have his choice. Yeah. Whatever spot he lands at, and where he feels is best for him to kind of take a program to the next level, everybody on that roster, the entire coaching staff, the front office, everybody throughout the organization is gonna have respect for what he's done and, and belief in what he can do. So yeah. I think Quinville is probably a top, top coaching hire for whoever ends up getting Well, him. I speculate it'll be the Blues. You think so? In terms so? of where he goes. Yeah, that, that's just, I just think that's where he'd go. That but. would be a brilliant hire for them because they, they, you know, they've kind of been, and not so much this year, but they've kind of been on the cusp of being able to do something last yeah. last several seasons. They've and shown now, these, yeah. they kind of fallen off a little bit because I think, you know, and it happens with a lot of teams. Like it happened with the Canucks too. Once you kind of, build your team up to a point where you're competitive and maybe you get through a round or two rounds of the playoffs but you can never really get over that hump once you kind of keep pounding the wall a number of years and you don't get over the hump and get to a finals or or win the win the cup you kind of fall back and regress because you've tried so many times yeah and i I feel like that might be the blues well and they're they're also a team where they go on some pretty impressive runs from time to time like mid-season runs just like philly they have these offensive runs that just blow you away with how many goals they score and how good they look and then something will fall apart and yeah sometimes it can be a coach that makes a difference but um just in light of all these like high profile coaching changes um you know i looked at who which coaches have actually been in the nhl the longest or have the most wins at least Randy Carlisle is actually the top of the list on Anaheim. Now, is, it, is this all time or like for his tenure? No, no, no. This is this is like currently coaching. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like still with that team. Oh, right. Okay, so Randy Carlisle, he's technically the most, but he also he had a break between his coaching and he, and he, stints. And he came back. Again, yeah, he right? came back. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. the longest coach that actually has not had a break is John Cooper on Tampa Bay, and he's the only coach in the NHL that has been coaching one team longer than five years. Really? Yeah, the active coach right now. Wow. And there's, a, there's a couple others that are at five years. Paul Maurice is the is the third, you know. So it goes John Cooper, then Paul Maurice. But it goes to show like the the lifespan of a coach in the NHL on one club 
It is really is, small, yeah. Yeah, vast majority of the time, it's less than five years. Yeah, I agree with that. It's interesting. Because the and, and, and basketball is no different either. It, it, we're, we're in a... We're in a generation, we're in an era where it's, if you can't get there, you know, relatively quickly, we're just going to scrap it, throw it in the garbage can, we're going to try all over again. Like generally, if GMs or, or even less so coaches to a lesser degree, but GMs when they get hired, I think they generally have like a four to five year plan. They probably present ownership. And if you can't get it done, like you're, you're most yeah. likely out of there. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I think, um, so I think those some of those comments on coaches could, like Quenville could really change a team. I, I, I'm just curious what Hitchcock will do in um, did you Edmonton. Like, did, you, did you like the hire for, for the Oilers? I don't know, because they have the world's best hockey player. Mm-hmm. So you'd think they would gear it more towards a Pittsburgh style, which is just being an offensive powerhouse. Yeah. But his style is more defensive. Right, so it's interesting and, to see and, what and he, he does with he, it. He has a reputation for grinding on his players. Yeah, yeah, like definitely. Just completely yeah. leaning on him. I think, I think a coach like a Hitchcock, he's he's an old school type of coach. Like he's he's a coach. His coaching style is of eras gone by, mm-hmm. and that's not to say that he's not an effective coach in today's NHL. I think he is, but for like one or two seasons. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I think I think if I think he's a coach that you can bring in to kind of you know kick some guys in the ass and kind of get get them going, but if you haven't been able to achieve immediate success, he, you got to move on from him because the the message will wear thin really quick. I agree. I, I think he'll be it'll either be exactly like Dallas where he's there for one year, yeah, or it'll be like his stint on the Blues where he's there it works and he's there for longer. That's you know, the interesting thing though is is like say he's there you know not very long and the Oilers know that this is a possibility right maybe he kind of lights a fire under some guys and, and sort of gets gets more out of some of their some of their games but if they're going to move on from him quickly and not to say they will but if they do is that smart to hire a coach that you know there's a decent probability you're going to move on quickly but while he was there you kind of stirred up some stuff or, you know, I, I wonder, yeah, like, like, there's, I, there's pros and cons to that. You Edmonton's know? a funny team because they really only have one player on that team that's truly unmovable. All the other pieces yeah. will just shuffle around depending on, you know, what Absolutely. they want to do. Yeah. So it, it, they're so up in the air for me. But, um, yeah, we'll see how that all gets sorted out with the coaches. But I, I would say in terms of teams and how they're performing right now, um, there's some that are kind of blowing me away at how well they're doing and yeah. others that should be top tier teams that, that are, are not doing very poorly. Yeah, yeah. The top absolutely. of that list is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is not doing well right now. They're they're having they're having like a speaking of the Blackhawks, they're having like a Blackhawks type of season from last couple of seasons that Chicago has had where they're you look down in the standings like where the fuck is Chicago? Where the hell is Pittsburgh? And you have to look oh fuck, they're way down yeah, there. Yeah. You know, and they're and I'm looking at it right now, they're they're one game above five hundred. Yeah, and, and it, yeah, it's, and they it's, can't stop goals from going in their net. They can't That's, stop. Yeah, it, they, yeah, they have serious goalie problems right now. So I, I, I have full confidence that they're a team that could turn that. I around think so too. And, yeah. and, um, and end up getting in because I mean, maybe they might not. Um, you know, they might not get one of those division spots, but I mean, to to think that they wouldn't even get a wild card spot. I mean, I find I that think they make to the believe. playoffs. Yeah. yeah, I think they're a pretty safe bet for that. And I think the other unsustainably bad teams are the Panthers, even though Trocheck is out. I think that they're still, they're another offensive powerhouse. And yeah. assuming they're not crushed by injuries, if if something goes positive for them, like, you know, 
they're they don't have massive goaltending woes or I something. Had, uh, I had Trocek on my on my fantasy team, so you know, <laughs> yeah, R- R.I.P. to having Trocek fantasy points on my team. That was this a bad year. But yeah. we hope he comes back soon. Yeah, it was an awful injury. There there is hope that he's going to come back this season. So yeah, let's, yeah. let's hope that happens. Also, I think the the Kings are not as bad as they seem right now. Well, they can't be because they their their record is the worst in the entire NHL. Yeah, and I, and I yeah I refuse to believe that the Kings are the worst team in yeah. the NHL. And, and I, th- I think they've got, yeah, the, and I think they're a team that have so many leadership qualities with their actual players that they may go through, they've already gone through a couple of coaches this year, but I think when one sticks, they've got so much internal leadership on that team. And I think, I'm confident, I don't know if they'll make the playoff, but they're not going to be a last place team, you know? Mm-hmm. If you compare them to like the Ottawa Senators, or the Arizona Coyotes, like they're in a whole different they're a way better hockey team than, than those others, you know? As we record this pod today, Tuesday, November 27th, the Kings are actually in town to play the Canucks that later on this evening. Oh, right. my cousin, there you go. My cousin spotted Kovalchuk earlier today at Pacific Rim, so... Oh, that's there cool. Go. There you go. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Um, here are some other teams that should, on paper, you would suspect will, will come along later in the season. Let me know if you, you agree with these. New Jersey, they have the reigning MVP on that team, and I believe they... They either had a, a wild card spot or they had one of the three division spots last year. They, they, they had a good team. They had yeah. a hundred point team. I think that they've got a superstar and a decent. Uh, like they've got Heischer, who's a good player. Right. I don't. They're fourteenth in the Eastern Conference, though. Right? I, I don't really. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs or they'll do okay this year. But they're better than a fourteenth place team in the East. You agree? Um, maybe. Yeah. Like I, you know what? I, I think they're kind of placed where they should be, and I, and I'm just saying really? like. Maybe give or take a couple slots, but I don't, I'm not a huge, you know, I'm not overly optimistic on New Jersey, but I love Taylor Hall. I love um, Heischer. I think they're both great players, but they just don't have much of a supporting cast, if you ask me. Fair enough. I, I, they're, they're kind of the one that I think, aside from LA, jumps out at me as like, wow, like they should they should be a little bit further along. I think if they do turn it around, it won't be a shocker, but I, I wouldn't say the odds are in their favor necessarily to do it, you know? On the flip side, let's talk about teams that are Overperforming and, and yeah. kind of and kind of outpacing, you know, their projection and, and kind of what everybody thought. I think the a couple of the ones that stand out for me the most, and I think uh, being close to home, let's let's stay let's stay in the Pacific Division for a second. That's got to be the one, right? The Calgary Flames yeah, yeah. are literally 24 games into the season, our first place in the Pacific. It by well, they're only a one point lead on San Jose, but still first place in the division through close to a third of the season. Like that's impressive. I don't think anybody yeah. saw that. And yeah. and and Mike Smith, you would say, oh, Mike Smith would be standing on his head yeah. if, if Calgary's in first place, but he's been awful. He's been awful. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I think that they're another team that's. Uh, they just they let in a lot of goals and they just try and score more than the other team. Like I think it's just like an offensive rush. They're kind of like Ottawa mm-hmm. in that regard. But well, they're they're a plus twelve in goal differential right now. Yeah, so they are, they they are score doing a lot that. Of goals, yeah, you know? they are doing that. But how long is that going to last? Uh, yeah, right? exactly. So I'm not I'm not overly optimistic on them. Same goes for the Rangers. Actually, I'm not overly optimistic there either. Buffalo, they're having a huge run this year. Yeah, how about but, that but, run? But you that you look at on. them in the standings. They've won nine straight. Yeah. So if that normalizes a bit and they go back to then even they drop, like they drop back yeah, down. like so I think that they'll be a good team but considering their um, division is so strong they may not make the playoffs in light of actually being a great team or maybe they're a wild card slot or something. Do you see them falling out of the playoffs completely? Um, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs just because like who else have they got? Boston, Tampa, 
in Toronto in their division. Like that's a tough go to I try see, and make it. I, I don't see the Rangers being able to hold on to this. I see them falling out of it. Uh, it's one point or another. I mean, you got here are teams in the Eastern Conference that are knocking on the door that are currently out of a playoff spot. New York Islanders. Yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins. Florida Panthers. Carolina Hurricanes. Like, those four teams are all good teams that are going to be knocking on the door. Yeah. And I don't see four teams that are currently in the Eastern playoff picture that you can knock out of there. I, so, think, I think Columbus might be one that slows down a lot. They could be one that slows right down. Right now, they've got Panarin and Bobrovsky mm-hmm. that are both not playing that potentially well. not going to re-sign next year with them. Yeah. So, like, what do you do when you're a first-place team and you have arguably two of the biggest components of your team leaving. So, so I, yeah. I think for them, they might have some morale issues down the road, you know? Like, I think unless they do a deep playoff run, neither of those guys are going to re-sign. Yeah. And I don't know that personally, but it just seems like that's the speculation. It seems like the speculation makes it seem like a no-brainer. They're not going to re-sign. But just in light of that kind of being in question, I, I, I'm not too high on Columbus. Moving over to the West, it's funny. You know, I know we're only, you know, 20, 25 games in. But I actually, like, the way that the West is sitting right now in terms of standings, I actually think these are the eight teams that get in, which is funny because we got so much season left. But, like, the only ones that I could maybe see falling out of that are the two in the Pacific Division, which would be Calgary and and Vegas. Because you've got Anaheim knocking on the door. They're they're never going to wow you, but they, they've got veteran experience and they've got yeah, good leadership. Yeah. So they're always going to be there. Maybe it, maybe the coaching change in Chicago kind of spurs things along, and they they sneak their way into the playoffs. Um, maybe Hitchcock gets Edmonton into the playoffs. You know, so you've got teams like this that are knocking on the door, um, and there's not a whole lot of spots in there because I think the I think those top three spots in the Central: um, Nashville, Minnesota, Colorado, and then you've got Winnipeg and Dallas in the two wildcard spots. Like those are your top five in the Central, yeah, and those teams yeah. are all really really good teams yeah so there's not a whole lot of space for pacific division teams to get in yeah which is why it's going to be a bit of a dog fight well but, the, uh, the only two i'm not high on are calgary and minnesota i don't think minnesota's got anything special but they're but they always do it in the regular good. they yeah, always, so, always do it in so the regular season i'd say if yeah. things get mixed up maybe it's those two vegas has a very weird stat this year uh i think it was a couple of weeks ago i, I checked and they were the worst five on five team in the NHL. Minnesota? No, no, no. Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Yeah. yeah they, which well, is a weird stat, you know? Yeah. The, I think everyone kind of suspected that last year was a was a mirage. But, uh, you know, I, I, I still think they have enough to, to be a playoff team. Uh, yeah, I would hope so. I mean, they yeah. had such an impressive run last year. <laughs> it was good. It was fun. You know, I... Yeah. I, I wasn't initially on the Vegas, you know, bandwagon because I'm like, either, oh, like it's yeah. gonna be, it's just gonna be like a shit yeah. show, and it was fun watching them yeah. all the time, you know. Yeah. And the fans in Vegas looked really good, so good for them. Yeah. Um, and and I'd say just switching gears to players versus teams. Sure. The one thing, like, in seeing, you know, I know you've got McKinnon in fantasy hockey. Oh, He's my your boy. boy. He's my boy. He's a superstar. He's a superstar. Seeing him play with Rantanen is pretty impressive. Yeah, and I mean you've got like I guess McDavid. If you ask me, is the undisputed best player in the league. But 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 and I would I would say that's just my assessment. I just watching him play, he's just unbelievable. I'd probably I probably agree with you. I I, I mean I think there's there's some guys that are trying to kind of enter that discussion. But but as of right now, Connor McDavid wears the belt for best player in hockey. Yeah, I agree. And, and in light of you know when 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 the season started nobody doubted that McDavid was going to lead the league in scoring no right like it, it just seemed like an, an, and myself included but i think 
you know, in light of all these other players, you know, that are seriously performing well, it, like, I don't doubt McDavid's the best player, but it makes you wonder if he may not actually get the scoring title this year. Scoring title depends a lot. You have to be healthy the whole season. You, you to, have to, to get be. the scoring title, right? absolutely have to be, yeah. The point per game is... is very good, but at Mick the same David's time, like been relatively healthy throughout his, his early career so far. I'm mean, knock on wood, but well, I wonder. Do you, do you think he's still gonna win it this year? Um, like a guy like McKinnon, I would not be shocked if that guy put up a 110 point season and McDavid ended up at 107. Because well, right now Ranton is leading, struggling. The, you know? is the one leading the league in scoring. Right yeah, now, that's which is okay. So to answer your question, yes, I think McKinnon could easily lead the league in scoring. Um, do I think McDavid's going to catch him? Probably. Yeah, me too. But, but here's the thing that McKinnon has that McDavid doesn't. Yeah. Is two other consistently good yeah. line mates on his line. Yeah. That's the best line in hockey. Yeah. Easily right now. McKinnon, Rantanen, and, and Gabe Landeskog. Yeah. When you have a line like that, and it's the first power play unit, so those guys are always together, you, you're going to have that throughout the entire season. And I have a feeling that McDavid's line mates, especially with Hitchcock being a new coach and trying some things, it's going to be a bit of a revolving door. Yeah. Which he might lose some ground in the in the middle part of the season here until they kind of figure out who's going to stick with yeah. McDavid full time. So that's what brings it into question. Like if Edmonton yeah. doesn't drastically turn this around, does McDavid's points suffer a bit in that for process? Sure. You know, because if you're cycling line mates, like like I would say. That Colorado line for sure is the best, or I would say they're the best. Yeah. Second oh, yeah. would be is the Boston line when yeah, Bergeron's yeah. healthy. They're incredible. They're unreal. Yeah. And um, you know, Kucherov line with Point is pretty impressive. I don't even know what the other guys are. Kucherov and Point are no, pretty it's, phenomenal um, too. Yeah, it's Point and uh, oh, I can't remember. Now. Johnson, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good so, line too. You know, we'll see how it all shakes out. I, I think in light of that, watching Point too. He's like I always doubted him. I thought he was just a bolt-on player yeah. to a superstar, but he's he's coming to his he's own. He's a legit player, yeah. You know, explain explain for the listeners because um, there's a lot of household names in there. You know, McKinnon, McDavid, Kucherov, um, Pasternak, and Marshawn. Explain for the listeners where a guy like Miko Rantanen came from. Yeah, almost out of the blue. Like it seems like out of the blue. It, it, it's almost like you have. Uh, a rookie year and your rookie year is truly when you determine if he's a superstar or not right and yeah. it's not just about the total points you put up it's about like how consistent are you right so do you put up all your points in 40 percent of the games and the rest of them you don't get any points or do you actually put up like in 70 percent of the games do you get a point that's critical because that means you're consistent right mm -hmm. the rookie year is kind of the proving ground but it really matters in your second year so Clayton Keller is an example where he had a phenomenal rookie year, yeah. but didn't like he produced a lot in bursts. And Rantanen had a rookie year where he was consistent. He put up big numbers, not monster numbers. Not monster, yeah. And he showed up the second year and still put up consistent numbers. And I think so once you can show in that second year if you're really performing well, yeah. that's the that's like what Pasternak did, Rantanen, or maybe not Pasternak, but that's kind of the proving ground where these guys come out of obscurity and once they lock in that slot with another star on a top line yeah then their chances of being you know cemented are so Ranson was drafted 10th overall in 2015 by the avalanche he played only nine games in that 15-16 season nine games not a single point minus seven yeah. now that doesn't really count as your rookie season 
Um, he, he, you know, didn't even make it. He didn't even play enough games for them to scratch off. I think the first year of his contract. Uh, so his first real rookie season was 16-17. 20 goals, 18 assists for 38 points in 75 games. Like you said, not explosive, but he 20 goals in basically what is your first full season. Yeah. You're showing some skills, but the the explosion from year one to two, I think what what you're referring to, his his second full season played 81 games, 84 points, yeah, completely yeah. burst onto the scene, and now he's got 38 points well, already in 20. And I think what you want to watch for too is uh, like when you see a player come in and they put up a big season, like 60 plus points mm-hmm. is pretty good for a first or second season. Absolutely. And when you do that and you watch and you actually watch the highlights or you watch game to the player. If they are just the finisher, like a guy on Crosby's line that just takes, you know, one-timer passes and hits empty nets, like like a guy like Shiri, when he gets a lot of points, you think, oh, this guy's pretty good. But then you, you, you can tell if he's on his own, he's not really a star. Right. And I think when you watch guys like Rantanen or Pasternak, or you could argue Keller, you see them with the puck, they're comfortable, they stick handle really well, they've got a great shot. And when you start to see those characteristics and that comfort start to come in, that's when I think you see like a star emerging, you know? No so doubt. I think with Ranton, it's just, he's got the size, he's really fast, he's playing with the top five hockey player in the world, that definitely helps. And I think that just boosts guys up. And also the, the story of the club is important too, you know? So Colorado was the worst hockey team like I don't know since I've been watching hockey they had the worst season ever and they had a big bounce back year and now they're a solid club you know and I think if you're part of that story I think it bodes well for the seasons you play and 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 maybe your role and your performance and the fact you're on a, a rising up and coming team all that plays a, plays you know? a role Pasternak I think is a great example of that like you're playing with two stars Boston's perpetually a great team you have a legitimate chance at winning a cup each year you've played. Like, you know, you look at guys like Sagan, they kind of came from that model too. And yeah. unfortunately, they ended up on clubs that don't have the best chance of doing it. But, you know, they're still, they kind of rose to fame that way. This is say. good. This is good. I like this. Sports and more from the 604, episode 15. We've got our boy Amac in the house giving yeah. you guys some deep, deep NHL insight. This is actually good material you're not going to get anywhere else. I'm going to put you to task in a second, my man, because I'm going to ask you to make some predictions. I want to hear, first off, who you got in the Art Ross. Who is going to win the scoring title this year? You got to make some picks In now. light of everything I said, yeah. it's probably still going to be McDavid. <laughs> okay, you yeah, McDavid. Like you can't. Um, Number two, I would say it's going to be between uh, Kucherov or McKinnon. I think it, I think McKinnon would probably get the number two. Spot I would lean towards Kucherov. McKinnon. Yeah. Um, Rocket Richard, who's going to lead the league in goals this year? Uh, controversial pick, I'd probably say Pasternak will. I don't think that's very controversial. He's leading right now. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know if he'll sustain it, but I mean he's. I think if Bergeron comes back, and they really start, you know. Buddy. Doing well. These injuries start to go away in Boston. I think he could be a... Early early in the year was looking like our, our local hero, Elias Pettersson, number 40 yeah. in your program, number one in your shot, hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> you know what? I shouldn't ignore Line A, too. Really Line could be Line A. Line A is uh, probably going to be Pretty there, unbelievable. Man. Yeah. yeah. Five-goal game will help you in your season totals. Yeah. Uh, Norris, who... Are you picking for the NHL's top defenseman this year? If if what's happening now stays till the end of the year, I'd probably say Riley. Riley's been uh, Morgan Riley's real good, unbelievable. And, but also, yeah. but mostly because I think points for a defenseman really factor in 
to yeah. the Norris thing. The and, I, and I think he's got so many stars up front, especially if Nylander comes in, he's going to just be feeding off a lot of their points. So I, I think, like, is Morgan Riley better than a guy like Drew Doughty? No, he's not a better defenseman. But I think that for points, which really factors into Norris, it could be Riley. No yeah. doubt. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Let's not obviously count out a guy like Brent Burns. Who or Hedman. Ev- even, mm-hmm. even getting a guy like Carlson on his team is still the alpha dog on, on the blue line of that team. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, but I agree. Morgan Riley is completely jumped out of nowhere because he's gone from being a perennial, like, 40-point guy. 30-40 yeah, yeah. point guy. I think he'll get, like, 60 points this year. Yeah. And maybe it's his best year ever. But I, oh, I probably think, it like, would be the high-water mark maybe for it'll, yeah. yeah, maybe this will be the Norris talk. Uh, Vesna, who do you got for the league's um, top goalie? Probably Rene. Rene's been really good. Pekka Rene, yeah. I mean, here's the thing, right? The Vesna club is so good. The Vesna <laughs> is generally going to go to the guy that racks up the most wins, provided yeah. he's got, you know, not a shit, you know, goals against and save percentage. So, yeah, I agree with you. It probably could be Rene. It, it could have, there was a chance it could have been Vasilevsky before he got injured. Yeah. Um, uh, but now they've got that backup in there. I don't know if it's Domingue or Domingue. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but Louis. I know his yeah. name's Louis. He's been so good. He's been really good. He's been good. really good. He's yeah. been real good for them. So, yeah, I think think Rene, Rene definitely has an outside shot at that for sure. Um, definitely don't count out um, who else. Is, well, we can never count out uh, Winnipeg's goalie. Um, Hellbuck, yeah. yeah. Well, Bobrovsky's always in the running too, but, but he, in light but of his, his contract number, stuff, his numbers you know, haven't been good this year, and and they've been playing, um, they've been playing the backup, yeah, yeah. Corpusalo quite a bit in in uh, in games. But well, I think uh, Tortorella's even come out and said, yeah, we don't know if this guy's gonna resign, so, <laughs> so we gotta <laughs> we gotta get you know Corpusalo some more experience, more time in the net. So, all right, so we did this. Um, I think KTC and I did this when the season started i'm not sure if you were you were on this pod that didn't get released but oh yeah i'm gonna ask you to i'm gonna ask you to do this again here so i'm gonna how do i want to do this okay i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you because i don't give a shit who who we don't i don't care about regular season points i'm gonna ask you what's the western conference final and the winner you don't have to say how many games if you want to you can but western conference final and the winner Eastern Conference Final and the winner, and Stanley Cup Final and the winner. Um, well, I think okay. So I just going top down. I guess I would say that the Cup winner is going to be Boston, Winnipeg, or Nashville. One of those three. You got to pick one, man. This is um, SM six hundred four. We don't we don't do top threes out I, here. I probably say uh, I probably say the Jets, Winnipeg. They're they're probably my favorite. Wow, uh, Where, I don't have I don't have my DJ sound yet, but yeah. no, 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 number two, I'd, I'd picking say, the cup uh, to come home to Canada. Yeah. It's going to Winnipeg, and I say if it's oh not my Winnipeg, God. if it's not Winnipeg, it's it's got to be Boston. It's one of those two teams. They're just so good. But you you're know? going with Winnipeg. You got to you got to lock in a yeah. pick. So you're going. Well, with that's also coming off uh, watching the highlights from a, a game where Line A scored five goals. So maybe I'm a little bit biased so there. So the Winnipeg <laughs> Jets are bringing the cup home I would hope so, to yeah. Canada for the first time in 25 yeah. years. Austin McGee, AMAC is calling it. Yeah. Who are they beating in the Cup final? Boston? Is that what you're? Is that what you're going yeah, with? Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd say. Well, the thing is, is like. Uh, Boston and Tampa. I mean, they're both like mm-hmm. it's such a toss-up. So I think it's going to be one of those two teams in the final. And I think Winnipeg is going to beat Nashville in the Western final. Awesome. And I think that if Boston or Tampa in the East, one of those teams has to beat Toronto along the way. And Toronto very well could beat either of those teams in 
some kind of weird seven game toss up. They took Washington to seven games. Washington won the cup. So I mean, who knows? You know, it could it could really go either way, but you know, it's going to be I think it'll be one of those, you know, I'm hoping Boston or Winnipeg see it to the finals. I mean, they're they're all exciting hockey. Um so I've got um I've got Nashville beating Winnipeg in the Western Conference final to go to the cup final. Love to see Winnipeg get in there. That, that's yeah, very but, well could happen. But yeah, I've it's, got I've got Nashville yeah. beating Winnipeg in the Western Conference final. I've got and you know, this don't don't shoot me, but I've got Toronto beating the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference yeah. final. My heart is with you, man. I hope that and I I've really got, hope that happens. I've got sorry Canadian hockey fans, I've got Nashville prevailing over the Leafs in the cup final. Yeah. The, the funny thing about Predators. your picks in mine is I think that they could all happen. Th- there's there's zero edge to either. Yeah, they're, they're all yeah, they're yeah. all teams capable of winning cups. Yeah. That's like once you get to the top you know, there there's some I really, would say really the one teams. that's disadvantaged the most and I'm actually a Leafs fan would be Toronto's defense is like not quite no. par with the rest of these teams, but I think uh, that aside, I mean I think the thing that's made me more of a believer in the Leafs lately has been Frederick Anderson has turned himself into superstar. I don't want to I don't yeah. want to say an elite goalie, but he's like putting up fringe elite numbers. Um, Why well, wouldn't go? Well, he leads the league and wins. So I mean, or at least he did last time I checked. So no, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I, I mean, mean, he's not necessarily fringe anymore. He might be. Uh, well, I know, but I mean, is, is superstar territory? Is he? Is he a super? Is is he? Is his? Are his numbers good because he's on a really good team that scores a lot of goals, or yeah. is he a really good goalie that's helping them generate those wins? Yeah, I think it's a mix of both. I think like, it's a little bit of yeah, both, right? So I'm not yeah. gonna call him a full on superstar yet, but he's he is a. Um, if not a tier one, he's a tier two goalie. Well, and, well he's and doing he's very good. He's doing what superstar goalies are expected to do, which is perform in turning points of games yeah. in those difficult times. And I think he's proven to do that. And goalies that are on superstar teams don't always come through in the clutch. Like mm-hmm. they may let that goal in with five minutes to go and rely on the offense to actually win the game. So I think he's showing, you know, uh, moments of greatness in that regard. But for sure, for sure. Hey, Mac, this has been a pleasure having you on, man. The insight is literally will not find it anywhere else. You are my go-to guy for Hockey Talk. Hashtag SM604. This is episode 15. You guys just got delivered some crucial, crucial pucks information. (laughs) Stick around with us for a few more minutes, though, bro. We want to keep you on here until the end of the show. We're going to let our my man RC take the floor because yeah. you, you got some you got some fight night, some hashtag SM604 combat sports you want to talk about. All kinds, <laughs> All kinds of fights. <laughs> All, kind. All kinds. Man, big thank you to our boy AMAG dropping some premium knowledge. So I hope y'all have your brain tanks right open. Um, a lot to talk about, a lot to say, a lot to say. This weekend, of course, as I mentioned last podcast, I hit up the Seattle Salsa Congress. Yes, sir. Down south of the border. Another fantastic event, man. I love these congresses. Uh, social dancing only till 6 a.m., right? Wow. Uh, <laughs> workshops wow. all day. I performed for the first time in Seattle. Kicked ass. Was that your first? Literally. Was that your first ever live performance? No, the first time in Seattle, I had oh, done in New Seattle, York yeah, and yeah. LA. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a couple of shows here in Duelo, which yeah, December twenty second. All right, Duelo night. If you guys are in Vancouver, six oh four. That's a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Around eleven p.m. Salsa nights. Uh, we will, we will be performing live. 
Wow. Um, this Congress was special. We got to see some, you know, what's beautiful is you see the styles from LA, you see the styles from New York, you got Mambo, you got people coming in from Spain with sensual bachata going on these workshops Se and sensual bachata not not just regular bachata yeah, so, so there's dominican bachata which is like you know a little more traditional kind of a little bit more rigid a little more rigid and then you got sensual bachata which is flowy and you got all these girls doing body rolls and it's just like you just play the girl like an instrument it's really interesting <laughs> and, and oh they shine they shine really that's these awesome ladies, man. oh my god um so yeah it was it was, it was awesome man I saw all kinds of people. I'm gonna share a video with you guys of this couple from Cali, Colombia. Really? They closed all three nights. And something I love about Seattle in particular, people who went, people who attended, feel free to share. All of the performers, they, you know, they get booked to give a workshop and perform. Right. But it's an, at an event like this that they go above and beyond for the organizer right. who trained a lot of world champions. The organizer, uh, Rico Bravo, is the coach of my coach, Alfonso Caldera, multiple time world champion. And, and he's among an elite level of dancers that this gentleman has trained. Um, so when dancers come to these events, just to, so many of them dedicated their performances to uh, Mr. Rico Bravo. So wow. this, this couple from Cali on his request stayed one extra night. So the boy's a big deal. Oof. They put on a show, man. You saw all kinds of styles. Again, like I mentioned, salsa, mambo, bachata, Dominican, sensual, all was there. It was name it. amazing. So thank you so much uh, to the to my team. If any of them are, uh, you know, homies enough to be listening here at SM604, which I'm sure some, some are. Thanks so much for your positivity, hard work, guys. Love y'all. We have many, many, many more shows to come. So Vancouver, December 22nd. See you there. I love it, man. You know it, man. So let's wrap up on dance. I also want to go into boxing. You guys have any other sport to get in? Because once I start boxing, it's you know it's I, home. I I want I wanted to talk some hoops, but but you know what? Fuck it, man. Let's talk. Let's talk fights. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble. Ding ding. Oh man, I'm excited about this one. First time in history, two undefeated heavyweights champions line up against each other. On one side, you got Olympic medalist six foot seven. Holy shit. Deontay Wilder, the bronze bomber, the champ. You can hear, man, Deontay Wilder, such a special cat. He has a right hand, a string of knockouts. You guys are going to see amazing just the violence this this guy has, right? Undefeated. Nobody wants to fight him. Anthony Joshua, the British heavyweight champion. Oh, man, he's a pussy. When's this going down? December 1st, he is facing undefeated, two and a half year retired, ballooned up to 420 pounds, now back down to 270, six foot nine, gypsy giant, the gypsy king, None other, undefeated Tyson Fury. Wow, Jesus, fight, big guys. Wait, wait, the guy, the guy went Six up seconds. over four hundred pounds. He ballooned up to twenty-eight stone. It was just awful, man. The guy, he was depressed. He, um, he's become now an advocate for mental health. He's going to donate the entirety of his purse. Wow. To mental health, he said he was afraid that after he he beat Vitali Klitschko by points 
in Hamburg, Germany, two and a half years ago, at the age of 27, put on a clinic. He was the underdog. Nobody expected him to. He told Vladimir Klitschko he was going to beat him, and he went to Germany, to his backyard, to outpoint him. In boxing, like the the, the sport you probably trust the least yeah. to score a match well. He relied on he, the point system, went, yeah. You just could not give him that anybody else that fight he destroyed him and now after depression su uh, suicide attempts um, just a complete breakdown the guy is back and they showed some photos of him he's at 270 now looking as sharp as he's, as he's ever looked looking mean he is a boxer so he has the tools he fights orthodox he fights southpaw he dances around you he takes the fight to you he waits he counters he has the weapons this guy is the swiss army knife of heavyweights really against the jackhammer deontay wilder the right hand so he's got every pretty much every trick in the bag yes okay but every man can <clears throat> get knocked out oh yeah every man especially from deontay wilder all men must die <laughs> April 2019 Game of Thrones season 8 watch oh, out for it shit. oh shit so man I said what I had to say about boxing yeah of course um, big shout out I really like Tyson's story, uh, Tyson Fury's story mm -hmm. uh, because of the depression and, and what he's doing for mental health big big shout out I actually think he will win the fight based on the boxing merits but really hey, SM, hashtag SM604 combat yeah let me know what y'all think yeah no that's I think that's a good way to wrap it up December the 1st you said that's, that's, that's this weekend yeah. oh it's coming the countdown is on it's happening you know I might join you for that then fuck yeah <laughs> hey man seven layer dip you know how yeah, we do yeah that's right the seven layer dip <laughs> uh, on that note I think that's a that's a good way to kind of sign it off this has been an unreal episode uh Austin, AMAC, appreciate you coming on, man. You're guest number two. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Will you will you come back and talk hockey with us again? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. we'll be back. We appreciate you. Other than that, I think that's it. That's it. RC's going to take us out here. I'm your boy, DB. RC's over here. My man, AMAC. We'll catch you all next week for episode 16. Peace out. You must. <laughs> the sports and more. From the 604. Tell him, Yoda. Like, subscribe, and find us on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Music, you will. <laughs> May the sports be with you. Catch y'all next week. <laughs>